Paper Cut Podcast strives to be evocative and inclusive. Every Monday, we cut below the surface with folks that make the Winnipeg arts and culture scene thrive. Welcome to Paper Cut Podcast. My name is Jared Goche. I'm Olivia Michaelcheck, and we're here with Mark. Please tell us a bit about yourself. Hi, I'm Mark. Um, I do tarot readings and stuff like that. Uh, I'm also a barista and a fine arts student. And uh, what are, as a fine arts student, do you specialize in like a particular medium? Uh, yeah, I do oil paintings. Oil paintings. Yeah. Do you ever find that your tarot and your oil paintings cross over? Um, a lot of that does happen, yeah. It, it just is mostly like the things I like to specialize in within oil paintings is portraits. And with tarot and many other things that I can, that I do, um, seeing energies and stuff like that is uh, one of the things that I like to do with my portraits is paint people in the colors that I see them as. So it's kind of a mix of everything into one little medium, which is nice. <laughs> so when you see colors of people, what do you mean by that? Um, I guess simplest, like simplest terms, you could say like aura of mm-hmm. someone, but it's more or less for me once I start getting to know people and once like uh, certain things start happening, I can see more of the colors of them. Um, like, you know, greens and blues and yellows are typically the most common ones because greens and blues, they tend to be like the most apparent or like red, (laughs) not too many red people, but like when someone's red, they're red, Mm -hmm. like they're intense. They're like fiery and they're like in your face about a lot of things. And you can physically, like you can see the color. Mm. Okay. Yeah. So... (laughs) When you are in a room full of people, is it just like a rainbow or do you get a, a consistent energy of the crowd and it's one color? Um, it's kind of like a meld, like a lot of different gradients because like the way energies work with people is um, when you, you can tell when someone's close to someone by the way their energies melt or if the way that like someone's in a romantic relationship with someone or someone's in like um, a close friendship, it's kind of similar. Um, so a lot of people, like, that's how you can see which group is, like, really close and stuff, and then they kind of all go together. Uh, I use a lot of wards and protections to make sure that, like, I don't see it all the time because it's very draining. I only really do it when, like, someone asks or, like, if I really want to focus on someone and be like, what is this person about? Because there's something weird about them, and I want to, like, figure that out. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So I do a lot of that stuff as well. (laughs) So when you're doing someone's portrait, how does seeing that that color play into the portrait style? Um, Well, instead of using like a typical skin or like a mixture of those kind of colors, I like to use like bright purples and blues and stuff like that, like the ways that like the energies will meld within their body. So like it kind of does a different flow and a different color palette um, while still kind of looking semi-realistic. A lot of people like to describe the style as like surrealism portraiture. So like I do a lot of that stuff, which is fun. <laughs> and that type of work is it commissioned? So yeah. like someone will say that they want their mm-hmm. portrait done, and then that's the only time that you do it. Or do you find certain people that you want to? I tend to do it with like a lot of friends. Like it's just like bout of inspiration. And you're like I just really want to draw you, and so like that's why I started doing. And then. It would always start off like doing like a color study and then it turns into like a full on painting and then like you have friends who have like five by twelve oil paintings of themselves, like <laughs> a little dictator in their room <laughs> kind of type deal. 
um, with like crazy colors and like a weird background and stuff. Um, it's just, I guess whenever inspiration strikes, that's what I want to do. Mm-hmm. Same with like, if anyone expresses interest in it, um, I kind of like to do that as well. It's just my way of like showing someone another part of themselves because not everyone gets to see that and it's fun to do. So do you have to build a relationship with the person that you're taking or that you're um, painting? If someone were from Facebook, contacted you, I want mm-hmm. I want a portrait, what would be your steps in, in order have, to complete one? I would have to like meet the person first, 100%, because physical energy uh, is the best way to tell. Like You can get it from someone talking to you online and stuff like that, but then at the same time... The way that people talk online can be different from how they talk in person. Like, whenever I type something out, I'm like, this is straight from brain to, like, phone kind of type deal. But I know a lot of people who, like, really, like, think about a lot of their messages and they, like, really think about how they talk, which plays into, like, how they are as a person. But I would need to see a physical energy first. Like, it's much easier to be able to connect one-on-one through touch and physical contact, too. So your personal like when you look in the mirror do you see a color around you um or like if you hold your hand out or your arm is that like an energy that you can you can physically see your own uh not typically Mm -hmm. uh it kind of depends on how I'm feeling that day a lot too but I have a lot of close friends as well who don't particularly see the same way that I do but they also see like certain things and then there's like people who you know aren't super spiritual or aren't into that kind of stuff but they still like get it like they're like yeah that person's definitely like green and so like similar things when you're talking to those type of people as well where they're like yeah you seem like purple and I'm like yeah (laughs) yeah that makes sense yeah Yeah, cool yeah do you ever say like you know you're like purple like how would you describe purple like um, well, like, purple typically tends to be artists a lot of the times, like, someone who has, like, a lot of creativity in them, um, typically a mixture of, like, femininity with, uh, a lot of that stuff. <laughs> it's, that's so not descriptive. Um, it's so hard to explain sometimes, but a lot of the time, like, purple is creativity, it's realism, it's, like, very much the center of what purple is. Um, normally people who are very spiritual have it, too. Like, it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily mean someone who's Wicca or someone who's within a pagan religion. It's more of, like, if you're really strong faith within God or really strong faith within what you believe, then typically you have a bit of purple in you or you have, like, a little bit more of that sense. Okay. Yeah. What's Jared? I was going to ask. Olivia. <laughs> um, Unless you're not, like, at the point where you're able to decipher colors at this point. Uh... It's really strange because, like, Jared is definitely a meld of blue and green because, like, you seem like someone who's very, like, centered, but also, like, you go with the flow a lot and you also kind of, you're a little bit like the dad friend for, like, a lot of people. You're responsible. You're, like, a tree. You're very much, like, someone will go to you for a lot of issues and stuff like that and they know that they can trust you. That tends to be someone who's green or... Yeah. That's awesome. I feel like a dad. <laughs> I don't have a child, but I do feel like a dad often. Yeah. So yeah, that was really great. What about Olivia? Um, like, I think the phaser is just like yeah. So like, <laughs> I'm posing for my, for my analysis, ready, ready for my close up. Yeah, exactly. Um, you got a lot of yellow in you. Uh, it's kind of like the light happiness 
kind of type deal where a lot of like a lot of people a lot of people feel like a lot of um light like that's so hard to explain um kind of like emotionally you can be a person where like a lot of people feel good and like positive and like nice around cool. you also have some purple in you as well which is pretty cool uh that's not normally a combo you see a lot is yellow and purple same with earthy tones like typically when it's like all warm like someone's a main warm tone they tend to stick with a lot of warm tones mm-hmm. there's not a lot of other tones that come in so when you see stuff like that it normally means that like uh something kind of changed within you uh to make you more of this one color kind of yeah that you. makes sense yeah to me which is cool <laughs> Uh, so, speaking of, you were talking about a little bit of spirituality before we hijacked the conversation to talk about ourselves. (laughs) Um, so are you spiritual? Um, yes. I used to be Wicca. I used to, uh, I was very much involved in that. I was a part of a coven. I was a part of all that. But certain things happened where I didn't really like the way certain people talked about certain things and kind of like the way the community worked in that certain community uh especially since like there was a lot of people who were like oh that person's just for aesthetics like they're not actually true wicca and like blah 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 blah. like if you don't do a ritual every day you're not like this you're not like that and it's just like I personally believe that no matter what like it doesn't matter if you do a ritual every day it doesn't matter if you do this every day it as long as you firmly have your faith and you firmly have yourself then like why not like right. they, why not say who you are and what you are which lots of people say i'm catholic i'm christian and yeah. they're not praying before they go to bed yeah. so exactly. it's like so you just found that with this particular community that you were in within winnipeg mm-hmm. which doesn't translate to other ones necessarily there could yeah. be other types of communities so mm-hmm. it was just in that particular group that i was with and everything like that and then um after coming out of that and like exploring more of different religions, like I grew I grew up with no religion. My parents made sure that like um, I got to choose for myself, and then eventually I chose a more Christian religion and everything like that in the beginning. I learned all about that. Decided not really for me. Kind of was like more or less turned off by it by a lot of things, and I was like, I don't really like this. I'm gonna go and explore other things. And then was Wicca for a while, got turned off by it, then went to something else, and now I'm more of a, um, I follow the goddess Aphrodite, Mm -hmm. um, and I do a lot of things for her, and uh, I just really connect with her very well, so that's why I decided to kind of go with her and uh, follow within her kind of stuff. Yeah, so what are your parents... Your parents are religious or not at all? My mom's religious. My dad isn't. So that was the main reason why they decided no religion. Because it was a way that my parents both disagree on kind of type deal. My dad's atheist. He doesn't believe that there's anything. It was like, well, nah. And then my mom's Christian. So she was like, okay, let's compromise. She doesn't... If she wants to go to church, she can go to church. If she doesn't want to go to church, she doesn't have to go to church kind mm-hmm. of type deal. Yeah. Um, I remember one of my, like, from my childhood, one of my friends, uh, we had a sleepover and, like, she goes to church. So she was like, oh, come, like, come to church with us and stuff like that. And they had a, like, the one, the, 
the church that they were at, they had like a hour where the kids got separated from the congregation and it was like Bible study or whatever. And, uh, they got snacks <laughs> and I was like, I want snacks. <laughs> Let's have snacks every Sunday. That sounds awesome. <laughs> I remember going back to my mom and I'm like, I want to go to church. And she's just like, Oh, why do you want to go to church? Like, what did you learn? And I'm like, they gave us snacks. She's like, is that the only reason? And I'm like, yep. And she sat me down and she's like, Mark, you can't decide on a religion because of snacks. <laughs> How old were you at the time? I was like eight. <laughs> yeah, you can totally yeah, do religion yeah. for snacks yeah, at eight yeah. years old. <laughs> uh, I kind of lucked out with the way my parents like raised me. They raised me very much as like, an inch, like treated me like an adult instead of like a child mm-hmm, a lot yeah. of times. So uh, I got to make a lot of like, good decisions and learned a lot faster about the way things are. I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So your parents are completely on board with all like with your religion and the things that you do. They like, or maybe not. <laughs> There's a look on your face that says maybe not. So that's why I said <laughs> it. They respect me and they respect the choices that I make in the life that I have. So because of that, we don't get into it as much. Mm-hmm. Um, like, we have very different political views. We have very different religious views. Um, we have a lot of views on life that are very different. Um, so we both, res- like, I respect my parents and I respect the views that they have. But at the same time, you get into arguments about it. You get mm-hmm. into a lot of things. Same with my mom's very conservative. And so, like, I walk around kind of with my religion on my neck because I wear crystals. I have my charms. I have my warts. So she gets worried about me because um, she doesn't want someone to come up to me and like try and bash anything about me and stuff like that. So that's kind of one of the main reasons why she's more worried. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That That, like people that are skeptical or maybe even hateful towards something that you believe in. Mm Mm-hmm might see the things that you wear on your neck sort of as an invitation for hate. Yeah. And that's what your mom is most worried about. Yeah. That's typically <laughs> pretty amazing that yeah. rather than fighting anything that you believe in, she's just more worried about your yeah. well-being. Does that happen? Has that happened before? Um, not as much as people would think. Like, I get more flack about having tattoos and having a crystal around my neck or um, doing tarot. Like, I've literally done tarot, uh, like, me and my friend were practicing, I remember, um, at the U of W, and because she, like, goes to there, so I was over there, and we were in the middle of, like, I think a common area, and then there was, like, a couple of girls who, like, came by, and they're just like, oh, that's so cool, like, do you do readings? And then we did, like, readings for them and stuff, and, like, one girl had a cross around her neck, and she talked to me about it, and, like, uh, it was pretty interesting, because I feel like the younger generation within Christianity and stuff like that, they don't really give a crap, mm-hmm. honestly. They like kind of just like are interested in it, but they're not going to fight someone over it. Right. Um, most of the time when I'm doing tarot in public, it tends to be the older people who will come up to you and you're just like, you know, kind of type deal. But I guess maybe because it has sort of... Uh... Maybe not entirely, but a perceived, like, um, connection to, like, a witchcraft sort of thing. So do you ever explain to these people? Do they ever, 
when they give you a hard time, like, try to explain? Or is that just, like, I don't have time it's for more, this? It's more or less, like, if the only people who are going to listen to you are the people who want to listen. The people who come up to you and say you're wrong for doing something, they don't want to listen to you. So there's no point in trying to convince them or tell them the actual, like, like the whole beginnings of tarot and, like, why tarot is and everything like that. Like, I know... Uh, a couple of like pretty famous tarot readers who like I follow um one of them is a devout Christian and has been knighted and like things like that but he still reads tarot and is like a very uh prominent tarot reader within the community and it's like you can still have a lot of your beliefs like tarot is still cards like it's having the spirituality to be able to go through the cards and feel what the cards are saying to you yeah seems like you have to approach it with an open mind mm-hmm. regardless of religion or, or any kind of uh, anything else right yeah 100 percent. like um i always like to preface a lot of my readings with like this is a deck of cards like what you, the energy that you're putting in this is what's going to make it change so like there is future cards that are like shown and like we do have the advice column and stuff like that in the spread that i like to use um but again, most future cards make one decision completely changes it. So it's not in a science. That's why it's not a science. Like it's just you connecting with them and them telling you the advice for the situation. Would you be comfortable just giving us sort of like a little spiel about like the history of tarot? I'm not the best with it. Okay. Honestly, I'm I have the worst memory. It's so <laughs> bad. Like, I'll still use, like, I've used this deck since I was 16, 17, and I still go through my book sometimes, just like, what the fuck does that card mean again? I can't remember. Because, <laughs> like... There's 78 cards. Yeah. And then there's the real meanings, or, like, the book meanings, mm-hmm. and then there's also, like, a feeling meaning. Yeah. Um. So the best way to describe it is... Each card has, like, many different words that are described with it. Once you know every single word with it, then the words that are coming through the card that describe the situation and describe what's happening will pop out to you. But when you're doing a full spread and you see all these different cards, there's so many different words, like, are coming. So, like, it's sometimes nice to have that little fail-safe where you're just, like, flipping through. And then once you read it and you, like, feel and see it, you're able to pick out that those are the words that they're yelling at me kind of type deal so so sorry what did you mean by see it so when you have these words coming out at you is it like a feeling mm-hmm. where in your body do you feel it uh mostly in my head because because <laughs> <laughs> i feel like a feeling in me like i'm like oh i feel sad like i feel sad in my heart mm-hmm. so if i feel a word i feel like how does the word go into my heart but if it's like, do you understand what I mean oh, yeah, I, I but do. like so it's just like in your head and you like mm-hmm. you do you see when you say you see something do you see actual like images and pictures or is it um it depends honestly like sometimes it is like a full picture and like uh within a full spread within the spread that I use uh you go into the past a lot and it's normally a memory that is like has either changed you as a person or something that is like very prevalent 
So that can sometimes be a really awful memory, and then I'll get a backlash of that, mm-hmm. and I can actually see some of it that happens. And normally when that happens, I immediately am just like, I'm so sorry, because the cards are invasive, and it really sucks because there's a lot of people who don't want other people to know about that, mm-hmm. and it really hurts, and it can hurt a person for another person to know. And I always feel so apologetic whenever it happens because I also get the backlash of emotions. I get everything that happened in that memory. And it just is just like, whoa, mm-hmm. <laughs> that was terrible. I'm so sorry that happened to you. Like, there was one reading I did where the woman was heavily abused by her ex-husband. And I got an immediate memory from that. And I bawled. Mm-hmm. Like, immediately was bawling, and I was just like, I am so sorry that happened to you. Because it's just like having something like that and then feeling something like that and mm-hmm. her emotions within that, it was so hard. And I couldn't do any more readings after that night. I was like, I'm done. I can't do it. Like, mm-hmm. that was so much. <laughs> yeah. So, for something like that, skeptics would say that people are sort of baiting your your um reaction so they'll say a van a white van no just a van Mm. a white man like you know what i mean like until you say yes but you're saying that you actually feel these things and when people have these past experiences they take an emotional toll so do skeptics how do you navigate the fact that skeptics are saying that these things like you are feeling these things and they're saying that you're baiting someone to try and get something out of them how would you approach someone that thought or said things like that honestly i would then ask them if they want a reading because i've never been a person who's just like oh this happened to you kind of type deal like i'll um i'll kind of just sit there and feel everything that's happening and then when i start discussing things then that's when like a lot of stuff starts coming out because like my cards have no filter i have no filter so it it can get pretty funny um, I've, I've, like, straight up yelled and sworn at a person before because they were, like, my cards were just, like, you're fucking stupid. Like, you need to, like, <laughs> you need to, like, sit back and calm down, bitch, like, kind of type deal. Like, <laughs> it's been stuff like that. Um, like, I don't go into specifics. I don't ever, I'm never really like that. I kind of go into specifics about, like, what the cards are telling me to tell you kind of type deal, but, like, I'm not like, oh, you once were in this memory or, like, you had this thing with this guy, blah, 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 blah. Like, I'm... Nah, that's stupid. Because, right. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm saying something out loud. Um, a lot of the, like, previous readings I've done have been in public places, so if I start saying something that's a sensitive memory mm-hmm. to someone yeah. in public, like, that's not good. Mm-hmm. So I've never been like, oh, this is something that happened to you. It's always been like, I feel like I'm repeating myself 20 times. I'm no, sorry. no, it's... I, I understand, <laughs> and I don't yeah. think you are. Um, it's like, uh, this shitty thing happened to you, and I am so sorry, and I feel like you know exactly what I'm talking about, right. and like, yeah. let me hold your hand and <laughs> make sure you're okay. Right. Though so this happened like 20 years ago, I'm still sorry for <laughs> you. <laughs> um, how did you originally get involved with tarot? Like, what piqued your interest? Wow. Um, it's kind of like, I was always interested in witchcraft and like Wicca and like mysticism and a lot of things like that. Um, it kind of came from a lot and 
a close friend who's still a really good friend and she still does tarot as well. She was way better at it when I was, when, I, when we first started. Um, I learned a lot from her before I even got my first deck. And then we went to like a shop together and then my main deck called out to me and I was like, I need this. This is, they, they I need that. <laughs> like I literally had no money on me at the time and I like went to an ATM and like grabbed money just to buy the deck because I'm like, I need this deck. Um, and been like that ever since and yeah I don't know and I always kind of came from like I would see a person and I'm just like do you want a reading like there's been like stuff like that because it's just like I don't know it just kind of becomes a part of you and you forget why you got into it you just say like this is just me and this is like something I do that I love so do you have to be intuitive or anything to start doing it like do you do you think that if someone who just sees it as a deck of cards and I'm just gonna from the book Mm -hmm. read it like a deck of cards is that a little bit different than someone that has the same sort of feelings and or can you develop those over time I'm sure you can develop them over time because I definitely wasn't a person who was just like oh this is the feelings I get immediately from the cards um especially when I was using my friend's deck because First off, my friend's deck hates me, 100%. Know that for a fact. Doesn't like being re- like doing any of my readings. It's always begrudging about it. Uh, but like when I started using my deck, with the one that called out to me, and uh, definitely I have more of a connection to it ever since then. It was way easier. I was doing a lot better. My readings were a lot more accurate, and like everything just got really, really good. So I was like, oh, so this makes sense. When you find something that like connects with you, it's easier to know what the cards mean. Mm-hmm. I think deal. So what is your advice for someone that's going to go and buy a deck? Like there's just a, a row of them and they want to get involved. What does a deck calling out to you feel like? It feels like you can't leave the store without that. Yeah. Like 100%. Like I felt so bad leaving the store to get the money to buy the tag. Like, I'm just like, I know that I'm buying it, but at the same time, leaving it, it's kind of like when you're leaving a good friend kind mm-hmm. of deal. Like, you don't want to leave. You don't want to say bye, you know? So leaving that and then knowing that feeling of, like, loss, mm-hmm. that's where I was just like, yes, this is my deck. I need this deck. This is, I need it. Um, so that's how I would say that's the main call-out. Same with um, a lot of people say that your first deck needs to be gifted mm-hmm. in order for it to have positive emotions and positive feelings. Yeah, It can. It cannot. Who cares, mm. honestly? Um, because, like, magic doesn't have rules. Nothing has rules. Like, why? Well, like, if you go into, like, old things about Wicca, like, everything like that, they didn't have as many rules as a lot of people have now when it comes to it. So I'm like, why do we have the rules now? <laughs> that doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. if you want to get into it, get into it. 100%. Awesome. Right. So you have multiple decks? Yeah, I have two. Okay. What, um, what's the difference between them? Um, this one's my main deck. Uh, he kind of comes with me everywhere. Um, mainly because, like... Just in your purse? Just in my purse. Yeah. He's always in my purse. <laughs> um... I feel like it's mainly because he doesn't like being alone and he doesn't like, uh, you know, kind of being captive somewhere. 
So he likes to feel other energies and feel other people. And specifically, if like I come back and he's like, I like this energy. And I'm like, oh, okay. So like that means I need to go, I need to start bringing you to work because that's that certain person that I work with that you like. Um, he's also like, <laughs> been like, oh, you should get this person to touch me. And then he gets touched <laughs> by them and he's like, I was anticlimactic, not fun. And then he like <laughs> goes sit off in a corner kind of type deal. Like they all have their own personalities. The the other one that I have uh, is one that called out to me in a shop. I haven't really used him, um, but I love the art style and everything that it was. And it was actually illustrated by one of my favorite illustrators. So I was like, oh wow, that's super cool. And I also have another one that's on the way that um, was by one of my favorite illustrators and she's like designing a whole deck. And I was just like, I want this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they're he's. Yeah. Um, well, this one's definitely a he. And do they have, like, when you say they're, like, talking to you, do you hear a male voice or do you, like, feel a male present in those words? It's more a male presence in the words. Yeah. Uh, I don't really... It's not really, like, hearing a voice, I guess, but, like, they say the things to you. Mm-hmm. It's very weird to, like, <laughs> try to explain because... They are talking to you, and he is talking to me. It's just, like, um, it's kind of, like, how I would imagine, like, what people would describe, like, God talking to you or, like, an angel talking to you kind of type deal, where Mm -hmm. it's, like, you can't describe it to other people. It's just something that comes to you, Mm -hmm. and I feel like that's his way with me is, like, how he talks to me and stuff like that, which is why, like... He talks to me in the same way I talk to a lot of my friends, which is like, like, come <laughs> on, man. Like, yeah, right. <laughs> get yourself straight. Yeah. Because I guess there's, yeah, it's just, if that's a connection, then you can just like feel mm-hmm. everything. That's cool. Yeah. So you've got your deck that talks to you. You've got people's memories during a reading that'll kind of speak and resonate with you. You see people's colors, auras. How do you turn that off? Like, is there any point where you're just like, this is enough. I want to relax. Um, well... The wards, like, the things I wear on my neck are both wards. Uh, This one is a protection amulet that my friend made, who is a green witch, and she mostly does herbalism. And she makes a lot of these, like, really cool amulets and stuff like that and makes specific protection charms. Um, This one was one because I was having a lot of issues with... uh, Because I do do my own wards. I do mental wards. I do mental uh, walls, essentially. It's, like, just putting them up and being, like, can't deal with this shit kind of type deal. Um, but there was, like, a state where it was really hard for me to put them up, so she made this for me, and it was very sweet of her, and I love her so much for doing it, because holy shit, did it help! (laughs) It, like, instantly brought me back up to, like, having those big walls again. Um, and then the crystal that I wear around my neck is just a recent one that I've been doing, because I need a lot more protection lately (laughs) than normal, and, uh... One of my close friends, who mostly deals with crystals and stuff, gave it to me, and it's this huge protection crystal. It is huge. It is big. (laughs) It's big Bertha. Love her. Um, But yeah, it it definitely helps out with that a lot, too. And then I also do a ritual every morning, like when you shower and stuff. Uh, I use a lot of oils and things like that, and certain oils help with mental preparedness and uh, protection. So that's another thing. And then I also have... Um, two crystals that I carry on me as well to make sure that, like, yeah, just don't touch me and 
keep the walls up, please. Yeah. <laughs> kind of type deal. So if someone were to want, is interested in crystals and protections and those types of things, mm-hmm. where would be a suitable place for them to go to find out anything about that? Um, internet is your friend. A lot of the times, there's a lot of really great resources on there. Uh, I find a lot of that stuff. But mostly it's been my friends. Like, everyone says that when you're, like, in the LGBTQA community, you don't have any straight friends. It's kind of similar when you're in the pagan community. You don't have any, like, Christian friends. <laughs> like, almost everyone's a pagan that I know, and I have, like, a lot of really strong friends in it. Um, so a lot of stuff is, like, what they know and everything like that. I also learned a lot from my Grammy, because um, she was Ramna Shelley, Ramna Shell Gypsy, which is where my lineage kind of comes from, um, of why I'm able to do the things that I do and see the things that I can see. Mm-hmm. And so, like... I learned a lot from that as well. And then... So, sorry, just to hijack this for one second. So she is your grandmother? Yeah. And of which parent? Uh, It would be my dad's side. Okay, so then your dad is atheist, but his mother... Okay, so does he have any of those things? Have you talked to him about that? No. No, okay. He just doesn't. (laughs) (laughs) Skip the generation. Oh, 100%. Um, I feel like half with our family it's kind of just like yeah just don't talk about that shit (laughs) right okay um it's kind of always been like that the one time where i'm like my mom so we had like a little bit of a scary thing in our house for a while and how i knew my mom like actually kind of believed in this stuff but she came up to me and she's just like can you get like a protection thing or like bless the house or something to get it out of here and um when I knew that she was feeling it, that's when, like, I'm like, okay, this is something that's actually, like, harming people now, so mm-hmm. we need to do this. Which, like, we did a full protection thing and, like, full blessing and everything like that to, like, really, like, basically smudge the house out. Um, and that was, like, the only time we've ever really talked about anything like that, where mm-hmm. she's just like, yo, help us out. Like, get, it, get it out. And did it work? Yeah. Oh, 100%. Nice. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, okay, so I don't believe in it, but I do kind of, and you just kind of do this, and yeah. I, don't, I just, I don't mind, we'll never talk about it again, this is not a thing we do. That's so interesting. Yeah. Well, like, she had to be a part of it, because she was one of the ones who felt it, and everything like that, and it was kind of targeting her a little bit. Oh. Um, so, like, she had to be a part of a little bit of the ritual, which was burying the uh, spell jar that we had, um, because I made it, and then my friend also made it, so... All three of us kind of dug a hole in our backyard and stuck it in the hole and put it in. And there's, like, simple things that you can do to, like, easily prevent anything from coming into, like putting um, a piece of mirror in every single window of the house is a simple, like, reflective spell. Mm-hmm. Same with um, having sage, doing sage and smudgings and things like that. It's always really good, but there's still shit that gets in. Mm-hmm. Like... <coughs> Sometimes it can just be connected to the land that you're on. Sometimes it can just be like, I'm going to just stay down here and make everyone hate everyone and kind of type deal. Right. Yeah. Like just like a weird um, entity, like yeah. looming. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So if somebody were to feel something like that, what do you think it would feel like if someone was like, okay, there's something 
here? Is that just like an intuition sort of thing? Was that what your mom was feeling? Or was there like things moving around the house or stuff? Like- it's more of an intuition thing. Like when things start moving around the house and like things are attacking you, that means like get the fuck out. Like right. 100%. Okay. Like, <laughs> so that's not a spell thing. That's, <laughs> that's a- not a spell thing. That, that's a like, you need to contact a medium or someone like that who can actually see that stuff and uh, know that stuff because that's normally like a poltergeist or like a really strong dead person who just decided to kill everyone it's like a lot of the times when you see dead people or when you see like an actual ghost and you've never seen one before that's because it wants to harm you (laughs) is there's there's never a good reason for a ghost to show yourself themselves to you Mm -hmm. it's normally them like telling you that they're going to hurt you Okay. Yeah. Does it ever start as something smaller and then develop into something like you'll have these intuition mm-hmm. um, about something negative in the house? If you don't address it, then would it become something a little more aggressive like that sometimes? Um, it would like depend on the thing, honestly. Like most of the time, like a poltergeist is because of human emotions. So if someone's like feeling really depressed and like really stressed out and things like that and like just doing it, that sometimes can create a poltergeist. That can create something that um, will knock, oh, like open cabinets that will knock out uh, glasses and stuff like that because that's just your raw human emotions like creating something like that, and then that's normally like that's you creating that problem. So you have to like recognize it and then remove yourself and like try and get the emotions out of there, kind of type deal. Uh, other things like to hide themselves for a while and um just really like to stew in there and get you to like really feel terrible about yourself and then that when you all of a sudden like move to a new place and in this place you're like feeling great for the first little bit and then you start feeling really depressed but only when you're in this place not when you're anywhere else but you're just really depressed whenever you're here Mm -hmm. that's normally because there's something in there that's causing you to do that there's a reason why a lot of people like or not people i guess they're things a lot of these like kind of super paranormal beings like want you to feel depressed is because they want to take you away kind of type deal and like they don't want you to be happy they don't want you to have that Hmm. yeah so if there's a certain place or thing that makes you uncomfortable Mm -hmm. it would be worth doing the research and trying to figure out how to rid this sort of energy yeah interesting um yeah once it gets to a stage of like you're getting cuts on your arms or like you're getting bruises randomly and you don't know why or like sleep paralysis or um shit moving around your house that you like you put this there but it's now over there Mm -hmm. like two minutes later uh that's where i'm like yeah. Like, leave. Yeah. Go. <laughs> like, right. there's no use in trying to do that unless it follows you and then it's like, get a medium, get a, like, get a shaman, get someone like that to like. Hmm. What are your opinions on Ouija boards? Um, don't ever fucking use them. Holy crap. That's opening up a portal for like paranormal and like demons and other things to come into your house and stay with you. I know so many people who have so many bad experiences and like literally uh it's so stupid it's such a stupid thing i don't understand (laughs) (sighs) greg gets so riled up about this um but like honestly it's such a terrible thing and it's 
you can't properly close it as well. Like when you invite something in, you don't know what you're inviting in. And no matter what, anything that accepts that invitation isn't something good. It's not like your grandma. It's not like anything like that. Like it's something that wants to fuck shit up and specifically your shit up because they're like, hey, this person's calling me. Let me fuck them up. You know, right? Like, let me take them. So, like, <laughs> not this, your grandma. Not your grandma. <laughs> yeah, it's not your grandma. Uh, so, like, this twenty-five dollar board game can really just mess like, with shit. Yeah, mess your whole life. Yeah, like, it's such. I'm going to kind of be a little bit like an asshole here, but like it's such a white person thing to do too, where they're just like, hey, I'm going to go and call all these spirits and be like, invite them into my house, invite them into my body. Yeah, this is a great time. Like taking things that they don't understand. Yeah. Yeah. And fucking coming into that and just being like, hello. (laughs) It's just like, don't do that. (laughs) Please don't do that. That's (laughs) like, and it's also the same with like calling onto things like you can definitely hold someone's spirit here by like calling to them every night kind of type deal. You can definitely like keep someone here to do that. And like, that's terrible because they need to pass on. It has a lot to do with grief and like things like that. But honestly, just like allowing yourself to grieve and to like let that go, it allows the spirit to go as well. Mm. And you don't want to like keep someone here with you when they should be passing on. Yeah. Cool. So we um we're gonna have a bonus two bonus casts with our tarot readings with mark um very interesting yes very very interesting results for the both of us um so check that out if you want if you want (laughs) if that's your cup of tea um thank you so much mark for coming in and just talking to us about this so if somebody wants a reading from you how do they go about contacting you um you can just contact me through my email it's uh webby39 at hotmail.com um w-e-b-b-y 39 and then um i can contact you through there normally readings uh if we do like a full reading i would be like about an hour or so um we did kind of a quick reading with you guys it was still like a full reading but it wasn't like the advice column the like because I call it the advice column. It's just six extra cards that, like, basically tell you how to, like, get to the situation that you want to be in instead of the situation that you're currently in. Um, and that's typically, like, an hour. I normally charge, like, 30 to $50. Uh, it kind of depends on the end of the reading, how I feel, um, and, like, how taxing and tolling it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, so prepare for the $50 and then it might be less if it was yeah. more yeah. pleasant for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, I kind of just like I'm normally just like if and like my cards are nice and if they're good and everything like that and I'm not swearing at you then like <laughs> like yeah $50 is good but like if it's like I'm swearing at you and then I feel bad I'm like I'm sorry like <laughs> we could take some time like we could take somebody off because like that was probably a really harsh reading for you yeah yeah kind of type deal like it's also about the emotional state of the person i'm reading as well because i would like i would feel bad uh-huh. <laughs> so if anybody's looking for a tarot reader that like maybe not you but somebody else mm-hmm. what are some things to like look for um personally i like to look for how the person makes me feel Mm -hmm. um i feel like your intuition whether or not you have a strong intuition or you can read auras or like things like that um you can still feel for yourself that that person's good for you or if that person is like good um 
like personally I've come across a couple of them where I'm like I feel super sketched out around them and I'm like I don't want to no I don't want to deal with that yeah kind of type deal um so I just um set myself out of that situation and walk away but like make sure to feel comfortable with the person who's reading you because if you don't feel comfortable around them then you're not going to get an accurate reading uh like we like I said in the readings that we did um if you don't feel comfortable if you don't open up and anything like that you're not going to have the reading that you want and it's not going to be the reading that's good mm-hmm. Mm. it's just going to be you being uncomfortable and cards being on a table right yeah. and someone telling you stuff that isn't really true <laughs> interesting yeah okay well thank you so much for sharing all of this wonderful wisdom with us yeah we appreciate it okay <laughs> Thank Thank you you for cutting cutting deep deep with us on Paper Cut Podcast. Thank you. Is it thanks or thank you? Thank you. Just a reminder, you can find all of our podcasts online at papercutwinnipeg.com. You can also find us on Google Play and iTunes. Contact us if you would like to sponsor our show.